Oh, the book of Acts, chapter 2. Guests, if you didn't bring a Bible, you're new to the Bible, this is a great place to begin to study the Bible. All you need to do is Google Acts 2 and the initials ESV, as in English Standard Version. That'll be the version I'm reading from. Uh, you're going to want to follow along. It's actually a long passage. The book of Acts chapter 2, the whole chapter, but beginning with verse 1, translator heading reads, The coming of the Holy Spirit. My heart is full. This, this morning we continue our study through the entire book of Acts. Chapter 1 over the last few weeks has set the context. The, Jesus has ascended into heaven the disciples are in jerusalem waiting and what we are about to read next is indisputably a once and done never to be repeated supernatural phenomenon it's a supernatural phenomenon the, the likes of which have never been seen prior or after not in the world i would even go as far as to say not in your bibles this is it the holy spirit has arrived the beginning of a new stage of human history that's what we're about to read causing in the moment thousands upon thousands of people to spontaneously give their lives for the sake of Christ this is without a doubt I believe one of the most important moments in the story of how God saves the world the outpouring of the very presence and power of God Himself upon His people. The Holy Spirit is arriving in an unprecedented manner and fashion, and the world has never been the same since. Acts chapter 2. Would you look with me? I'm going to read, and I'll pray for understanding. It's, a, it's long. It includes the first Christian sermon ever. It's right in there. So I'll be sure to preach it over again for you afterwards. But I, but I think it'll arrest your attention. <laughs> Verse 1. Luke writes, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly... There came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Verse 3, And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. Verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 5, now they were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound of the multitude, as at this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own negative language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, 
Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya, belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Verse 12, and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others, mocking, said they are filled with new wine. Verse 14, but Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed the men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy, verse 19, and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 22, Peter continues, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men, God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand and I, that I might not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Peter continues, verse 29. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and that his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants upon, on his throne, verse 31, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ. That he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up and of that we are all witnesses. 
being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. Speaking of Jesus. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus whom you crucified. Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself and with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourself, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Verse 41. So those who received his words were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. The very words of God, would you join me in a prayer for understanding. Father, Father, we rejoice in the recounting of the very first days of the church and we pray that their testimony, which is your testimony, would alter the way we see ourselves, this world, our generation, these days, and your generous, gracious, merciful offer of freedom in Christ. Show him to us for your glory and for our salvation, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. I have only two questions to answer this morning. Two, two questions to answer this morning. The very same two questions that the eyewitnesses, the crowds asked when they watched the unfolding of the events recorded in our passage that we just read. The two questions are, what does this mean? What does this mean? And what shall we do? What does this mean and what shall we do? The very same two questions you and I ask every time we witness something extraordinary or potentially frightening or disorienting or unexpected, like walking in and seeing an all-you-can-eat donut buffet bar. What does this mean? <laughs> and what shall I do? It's approximately 50 days since Jesus was crucified buried and then found again walking the streets 10 days since he had ascended into heaven and been enthroned and taken his right place as king of creation the the, the city of jerusalem here's the context the city of jerusalem is a buzz with 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 the pentecost the the feast of first fruits or the feast of harvest similar to our thanksgiving and and no surprise or maybe it surprised you, it didn't surprise me, we find the apostles and their closest companions in a home together, gathered 
doing exactly what Jesus had instructed them to do, ordered them to do, to wait. Wait for the Spirit. If you, if you look up into chapter 1, verse 4, Jesus says, And while staying with them, he, Jesus, ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So here they are waiting. Chapter 2, verse 1, look with me. Again, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, this feast, they were all together in one place, and suddenly, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. That's a supernatural phenomenon number one of three in our passage this morning. A sound that everyone heard like a mighty rushing wind, but it wasn't windy. There was no atmospheric disturbances going on. Just sound, a noise that sounded like a great wind. Keep reading verse 3. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. Supernatural phenomenon number two. Something that looked like fire but wasn't actually fire manifested itself in the home. Everyone was witnessing it. And then, like out of some crazy horror story, then it divided itself and spread throughout the house, coming to rest upon each and every individual in the house, a piece of fire for everyone. Right? What does this mean? But that's not all. Keep reading. Verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Supernatural phenomenon number three. The ability to speak in languages unfamiliar to the speaker. The ability to speak in languages unfamiliar to the Spirit. They were, all began throughout the house to begin to speak in other languages that they had not previously been able to speak in. They didn't take Spanish in, or, or German or whatever you took in your class or French. No, the, the Luke and, the, and Luke, the author, he inserts his commentary. This isn't because of their education. This is what's happening. This is what's occurring. They have been filled with the Holy Spirit, he says in verse 4. That's what's going on. They've been filled with the Holy Spirit. The Father was keeping His promise as Jesus had told them, recorded by John in His Gospel. Listen listen to Him say, I tell you the truth, Jesus said, John records. It's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. And when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth and the spirit will glorify me speaking jesus speaking of himself for he will take what is mine and declare it to you wind fire truth an overwhelming rush a flash of light a theophany, an appearance of God himself that caused everyone present to begin to speak out loud in foreign languages. And I think it's safe to say, to presume, that some of them might have been caught off guard. (laughs) 
Yet notice, the ones most confused were not the ones in the house. Not the ones who heard the noise and saw the light. Not the ones who were waiting. Not the ones who were speaking. It was the bystanders. The crowd who encountered the ones who had been in the house. Apparently, the, the party has spilled over into the street in public. Verse 5, look again, watch. It says, now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Remember, it's Pentecost. It's a holiday. The city is packed. Verse 6, it's, a, it's like Coachella weekend, right? Verse 6, and at this sound but with different clothing. <laughs> well, maybe the same. It's kind of, well, everything comes back around. Uh, verse 6. And at this sound, stop, and, stop for a moment and think, what sound? The sound of a group of people all speaking at the same time in different languages, which would have sounded rather incomprehensible if you ask me. How, how strange to hear everybody talking over one another in different languages. Keep reading verse 6. And at this sound, the multitude came together. The crowd now forms. And they are, what does it say? Bewildered. I love all the adjectives here, right? They, are, they were bewildered. Because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And, and just to be clear, they're not all speaking one language and they're hearing in different languages. Then the, the power of the Spirit would have been resident in the hearers and not the speakers. But we have the speakers who are speaking in their languages. Verse 7. And they were amazed. I'd be amazed too. And astonished. I'd be astonished too. Saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? As in, we'll say not so cosmopolitan world informed and wise verse 8 and how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language what were they hearing not just the language but what 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 were they saying in these different languages Skip down to the middle of verse 11, right after that dash there in verse 11. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. We hear them telling with our, in our own tongues the mighty works of God in verse 12. And all were amazed and perplexed as they heard the mighty works of God in their own languages, saying to one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? Uh, and of course, some mocked, right? There will always be mockers. There's always going to be haters. But don't let them distract you. What does this mean? Now, beginning... Verse 14, beginning with verse 14, all the way to near the end of the chapter is the record of the very first Christian sermon. And if I could spare you the details and not risk re-preaching <laughs> Peter's sermon, right, in some sort of preaching vortex where you get sermon after sermon and we all get stuck in it, and said, can I summarize it for you? For it's the answer to the question, what does this mean? 
What does this mean? And, and note, if you've been around churches for any length of time, the answer Peter provides to the question, what does this mean, is often, you're going to feel it, often absent from the debates over what this means. <laughs> Peter says, listen, listen, we are now nearing the end. That's what he says. We are near the end. We are in the last days, Peter says. Just as the prophets had spoken, the broad and pervasive presence of the Spirit of God has arrived. That's what Peter is saying. Everything is going according to plan. That's what Peter is saying in answering. Jesus was crucified, and he says, this was not a mistake. This was not a defeat, not a setback. Quite the opposite. Look at verse 22. Look down at verse 22. This is so profound. Imagine hearing this for the first time. This logic, this explanation for the first time. You may be hearing this for the first time. This explanation of what happened to Jesus. And listen, if you can get this, if you can answer the question, what does this mean? It will change your life forever. I remember understanding this for the first time. Listen, verse 22. Men of Israel, he's speaking to the Jews, he's in Jerusalem. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. And let's be clear, there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of witnesses who would not dispute this when this was published just years later. Verse 23. This Jesus... Peter says, delivered up according to the, and oh, these are good words, definite plan. It would seem like this was a defeat, but definite plan. And foreknowledge of God. God planned it, and he saw it, and he is working towards this end. You crucified. What, what does this mean? that I hear men speaking in my language the mighty works of God, we are near the end. Everything is going according to plan. Who was he? What does this all mean? Nothing less, Peter's about to explain, that Jesus was, is the Messiah, the Christ that one, the one everyone had been waiting for, a king that would rule all other kings, a lord to command the obedience of all other nations, a man who would take his rightful place upon the throne of David. Look, verse 29. Brothers, verse 29. I, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. He's egging him on. Go ahead, go check. Being there a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants upon his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ. That he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus, this Jesus, this Joshua, 
God raised up. And of that, we are all witnesses, Peter says. Again, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. They didn't have social media at the time. CNN didn't exist. Everyone knew it. This is what Pentecost meant. This is, this is what this means. Say whatever you want to say, mock away, but on that day, and I would say for two millennia since the church has been a witness, we have seen all that we need to see, heard all that we need to hear. Jesus is alive, and the angel's words to Mary at his conception, they continue to ring true. He will be great, speaking of Jesus, the angel said. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him to, the, to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. As Jesus himself taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. And this is what's happening in Acts chapter 2 on earth as it is in heaven. Look, like a good preacher, he tells them what he's going to say, then he explains it, then he, then he tells them what he just said. Here it is, verse 36, watch, here's Peter's answer. First Christian sermon, lands the plane, verse 36 let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain, remember why Luke is writing this, that you would be certain about the things that you had been taught about but hadn't seen for yourself, right? That's why he's writing this book, a history of the early church, the first few days. He says, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both, him, Jesus, both Lord and Christ, according Hebrew the Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Put yourself in the crowd. It's where we belong. If you're trying to figure out where do I fit into this story, <laughs> we're the ones who disobeyed and sinned and rebelled against our Creator, a King who we on account of our lives, he was crucified. Certainly, certainly thousands upon thousands of people that day, the two clicked and they understood this is what this means. He is who he said he was and is. So second question, what shall we do? The crowd asks, and Peter answers, verse 38. And Peter said to them, verse 38, repent. Repent, turn. Turn away from your prior way of life. Turn away from all that you have done and all that you've built yourself upon and all that you have trusted. Repent and be baptized. We, we saw this last week. Confess that he is Lord and Christ. Identify yourself publicly with him. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you, what a gracious offer 
No one's left out. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Identify with Him for the forgiveness of your sins. There's the cross which which gets us to this moment in the first place. Forgiveness for every sin. Your every sin. (laughs) And here's this. And you, you can almost feel like you too can get in on this. Uh, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39 that captures, I think, what we're seeing here in Pente- at Pentecost so beautifully. He says, verse 39, for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, there's no one left out. And we're about to see in the book of Acts the gospel jump the the walls of Jerusalem and work its way to the ends of the world. This is for everyone, for you and your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to Himself. (laughs) And then verse 40, like any good preacher, and with many other words, many, many other words, He bore witness, and oh, would we not want to hear these words? He bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Has, has anything really changed? Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Listen, the, the coming of the Spirit at the day of Pentecost, at that moment incorporated God incorporated ordinary people like you and I, ordinary humans, and brought them into the cosmic theater of God's glory. Brought them into and brought them to life and empowered them to be part of God's redemptive plans that are definite and that He knows. It's not simply, you've heard it, I've said this, it's not simply the Tower of Babel being reversed. If you've heard this before, the Tower of Babel in the book of Genesis, we studied that during the pandemic, the Tower of Babel where man began to build for themselves, united together in offense against their creator. They united in rebellion to usurp his authority. Oh, listen. And, and at that moment, God came down and confused their languages. And so then we see here in Pentecost something of a reversal where the languages are no longer confused, but everybody can understand themselves again. It's not simply that he reversed the, the, the curse of the Tower of Babel as he distributed us as different people and nations and tribes and tongues throughout the planet for all of history. No, if it were that case, then they would all have come back to one language that they would all understand, which would be English, of course, right? No, I'm <laughs> No. No, this isn't overthrowing and overcoming. A triumph over the Tower of Babel over the sins and actions of an evil human race. Not destroying, obliviating our diversity, but no, rather, 
how they're energizing and employing the very things that make us different. The gospel, listen, the good news, we read it throughout Peter's sermon, the good news is that this promise is for everyone. And the story doesn't end here, but ends with, ends with a scene of heaven at the very end of this time where you won't have one language and one tribe and one nation. But again, everybody will be singing in concentric circles around the throne in their own language, which again, doesn't sound very intelligible to me. But the scene in heaven is beautiful and glorious. What shall we do? Repent and be baptized and give our lives to Jesus. Verse 41, we see that not everyone, but those who received his word, Peter's word, which was the gospel, which was God's word, those who received his word, verse 41, were baptized. And there were added that day, think of, this is church growth, <laughs> on that day from 100 and about 20 people, there were added that day about three thousand souls what show what does this mean <laughs> this means Jesus is alive and he reigns what what shall we do repent repent and be baptized what should you repent from <laughs> whatever comes to mind whatever you have built your life upon that isn't him it could be addictions to substances or media or whatever it, is that, whatever it is that makes you happy and makes you whole. Trying to make yourself happy and whole. You, you could repent of that. The, the demand that today and every day I live at about an eight, right? I'm a pretty happy guy all the time. And when I'm not at an eight, I'm not happy And I deny that this is all going according to plan and that Jesus is Lord and Savior even of the guy that's blocking me off in traffic ahead. <laughs> Slowing us down. Whatever it is, whatever person you want and crave their affection and their approval, repent of that. Lusts and greed. He's the King of King and Lord of Lords. He's gentle and patient and gracious and merciful and long-suffering and good. And He's eager to save. If only you will receive this word. Believe. Repent. And identify and confess Him as Lord and Savior. May, may we all go into Easter Sunday repenting and believing. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for these words. Thank you that we have, we have a record of what happened on this day. But more than that, we thank you that you sent your Spirit 
and your spirit is in our language crying out and speaking to us of your mighty works and deeds, in particular the work of your Son on the cross for our salvation, his life, death, resurrection, ascension, and now his fulfillment of the promise of his presence to pervade and empower your church that carries words on a page into our minds and hearts and changes lives and applies your grace that that sinful men like me can be saved, forgiven for all my sins, set apart in this generation for something better. I'll do this, we pray. Do this among all of us this morning as we marvel at your mercy. In Jesus' name. Amen.